Good morning, everyone. So glad, so glad to welcome you. My name is Tim Harris. I am pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church. Welcome to all of you in this room. Welcome to all of you in the overflow. And I've been waiting a long, long time to say... Welcome to all of you at the Franklin campus. First sermon, videocaster Franklin. Uh, welcome all of you in the Franklin campus. Right now, on your feet, let's make some noise. Say hello to Franklin in a great big way. <laughs> yes, sir. Ooh. Yes. Yes. God bless you, Franklin. God bless all of you at the Franklin campus. It's going to be different. God is doing a brand new thing, which God loves to do. And I know that this uh, situation of preaching is going to be different and takes some getting used to, especially for the Franklin folks. I am not where you are. But that makes no difference. Uh, you should understand by now that the power of preaching is not with the preacher. Uh, I am not where you are, but God is where you are. And it is God's word that we preach, and it is God's power that makes preaching effective. It doesn't matter where you are, you are where God is, and God, God is going to speak to your hearts. God bless you, Franklin. God bless all of you. I'm delighted, delighted to be your pastor. But I will confess to you, today is a, is a wild kind of day. God's doing a brand new thing, and whenever God does new things, it's always exciting. It also kind of makes my stomach turn. I, I don't know if you're like I am. We've been looking forward to the Franklin campus now for, for something like a year. We've been talking about church planting for two years. And this waiting, this preparation, it just wears me out. It, it's always constantly waiting to see how things turn out. It, it makes me anxious. It, it honestly keeps me awake at, at night. I just hardly know what to do with myself. So, so this morning, to deal with some of my anxiety and, and just trying to, trying to figure out how things are, are going to develop today, I brought my horoscope along. It's from the Daily News, and I thought maybe it would make us all feel better if, if I just sort of read uh, from, the, from the horoscope. Here we go. Uh, you are on top of your game. Though it might be difficult for some to tell. Wait, that's not even mine. It's not even mine. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, here we go. You could feel as if you are in the eye of a hurricane. Yes, this is me. You could be on overload with so many people around you, absolutely. Just because you say something doesn't mean they're listening to you. That's Aquarius. That's not me either. That's not me either. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Reach out to others even if you feel slightly exhausted or as if you cannot handle much pressure. I mean, that is me. Watch, someone has the intention of handling a situation one way, yet it probably won't end up as you believe. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's not me either. Here, here we go. Pisces, this is me. Feelings flow between you and others, though somehow words don't seem to match the experience. That's me. That, that is me. Uh, but do you notice? I could read any of these and they're all me. I could read every single one of these horoscopes. This is why this stuff is garbage. You know that, don't you? They all fit. I could read any one of these, and they all seem to apply to me. And that's the problem when we try to tell the future. We can't know the future. We can't see the future. But look at the Word of God, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9. This is what the Word of God says. I will tell you the future before it happens. Who knows the future? 
God. God alone knows the future. God and only God. We don't know the future. None of us knows the future. You can't call the psychic hotline. You cannot read your horoscope. You can't trust the magic eight ball. There is no place, no person, no source on earth that can tell us the future. Only God knows the future because God sees the future. You've heard me say before that for us, our lives are like a parade and we stand at street level and we watch everything go by, one event, one day, one moment at a time, watching the parade go by. And that's how we live in time. But God is not bound to time. God isn't standing at street level like we are watching everything pass by. God sees everything from above. He sees the whole parade from above, which means God is able to see the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. God sees the whole history of the world. He's at the beginning. He's at the end. He is in all eternity. God sees all of it, all of the past, all of the future. And only God, only God can show us the future. What's frustrating, though, is God doesn't tell me as much as I wish that he did. If God can tell me the future and he promises to show me some of the future, I wish he'd tell me all of it. I would love to know how the Franklin campus is going to turn out. I would love to know how my teenager is going to turn out. I would like to know how many, many things will turn out. But we don't know. So we live with a certain amount of anxiety, a certain amount of mystery, Always. But this is what's amazing about our God. There is nothing hidden, nothing that is not known for him. And he is the God always calling you and me into the future. He calls us into the future. He can take us there and he can explain it to us because he's already there. Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Going to start a new message series today entitled Starting Point. No better way to begin the Franklin campus. No better, for, no better way for you in your own life to seek a new beginning than in God's Word. And this morning I want to show you what the Word of God says about new beginnings, new things. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to do some jumping around. Follow uh, on the screen or, or, or follow along as I read. I'll, I'll help you make the jumps with me. Listen to this. This is God's word and it's so good. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Are you underlining these verses? When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Verse 5, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my, say the word, glory. I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. 
Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and say the words with me, and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First I predicted your rescue, then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Verse 16. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do, say it with me, something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? God's about to do a new thing. Can't you see it? It was a, it was a winter day. Mom was home with the kids, and she needed to get out and get some groceries. So she got into the minivan, which, of course, the back seat was just wall-to-wall car seat. She got in the minivan, put the coats on everybody, put all the kids in the back seat, made her way to the grocery. It, it had been raining, kind of spitting a little bit of rain. The, the road simply looked wet, but what she didn't know was that there truly were some, some icy spots. So mom was on her way to the grocery, not going in any way at a fast speed, but the van hit an icy spot, and the van absolutely began to spin. Completely out of mom's control, the van just simply began to spin. It was the most horrifying moment in the mother's life. And honestly, the whole thing only lasted about 10 seconds. But for the mother, it was 10 of the longest seconds ever. Sheer terror as she struggled to control the van, which would spin and spin and spin. It spun all the way into the other lane of traffic, continuing to spin. Finally, the van came to rest in the median, out of the traffic, facing the oncoming car. But in the median, she was safe. But she was shaking. Everything got still. She immediately turned around to the back seat to see her children, to make sure that her children were okay. And there in the middle seat, middle car seat, was her three-year-old. And the three-year-old was going, <laughs> just clapping and laughing. And the three-year-old said, Mama's driving crazy. Mama's driving crazy. I have felt like that before. Have you? I have felt like my life was spinning out of control. I feel that way a lot, to be real honest. I often feel out of control. But, but let me tell you, as a Christian, as a believer in Christ and one who wants to follow Christ, 
Honestly, I want Christ to have control. I don't want control of my life. I want to surrender everything to him. I don't want to be steering the car. I want to be a passenger in God's car. Do you understand? I want him driving. I don't want him to be my co-pilot. I want him to pilot this thing. Do you understand? I don't want control of my life. I want to serve God boldly, courageously, but I understand he's God and I'm not. I'm perfectly happy to let God have the wheel. But sometimes, even when God has the wheel, I get this horrible, horrible feeling that God's driving crazy. Do you ever feel that? Do you ever think that? God's driving crazy. If he's in control of my life, why does it so often feel like I don't know what's happening? Why is it so often that I feel like things are spinning out of control? Why is it that from one day to the next, I can never seem to predict what's going to happen? God's driving crazy. Or, or is he? The very simple principles of the Christian life, understand, just because I don't know what God is doing, it does not mean God doesn't know what he's doing. I usually don't know what God is doing, but that doesn't mean God doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know where this road leads. I promise you I don't. But God knows where this road leads. He alone is God, the scripture says. You are witnesses to what he can do. Aren't you witnesses? Haven't you seen the way he can make a way out of no way in your life? Haven't you seen the way he can find you at your darkest moment and begin to shine light? Haven't you seen that? Your witnesses, he says, you know what I can do. You know who I am. You know that I alone am God. He's just not predictable. God's ways are just not my ways. His way of thinking, his way of seeing is just so absolutely beyond mine. And that's where my anxiety kicks in. I don't know what God is doing. I hardly ever know what he's doing. I never know how things are going to turn out. I simply must follow and, and trust him. It's so hard. It's so hard sometimes. I say God's not predictable. That doesn't mean that God changes. I'm not saying that he changes. God is always the same. The scripture says that. We know that in our lives. God is always the same. He is the same in his perfection every single day. The same in his holiness. The same in all of his goodness and in his purposes to bless and ransom our lives. God doesn't change like that. But at the very same time, even as God works every day to save and redeem and bless our lives, God feels no obligation to do it the same way every day. God is under no obligation to repeat himself, and honestly, he never does. God doesn't do it the same way. He's going to bless me every day, but he will find a way to do it differently every single moment of my life. So that leaves me wondering, how's he going to come through? When's he going to come through? I can't predict. He does it differently every day. Why? Because he can. Because he can. He's God. You ever read the New Testament and, and you read all of those healing stories, how Jesus heals the sick? Have you ever paid attention to the way every time a sick person comes to Jesus, he heals them a brand new way? Sometimes he'll just touch them and they'll be healed. Sometimes he'll say words, he'll speak and they'll be healed. 
One time, just for fun, he spat in the dirt, made some mud patties, smeared mud in a guy's eyes, and then made him blind eyes see. Why would he do that? Because he could. Because he could. Wow. That's not like us. We like to stick with what we know. I like to stick with what I know. Members of our church, David and Debbie Brown, teach country line dancing classes. They teach country line dancing. Debbie says the amazing thing about the class, you get all these people who come in, and they're signed up for a country line dancing class. So what should you assume? They would like to learn to dance. You're thinking they want to learn to dance. And in that first class, that's what they do. David and Debbie line them all up, and they teach them all of the moves to, to a dance. So teach them a country line dance. And they'll work through it, they'll practice the steps, and they'll get that first dance down. And then guess what? Debbie says, once the class learns that first dance, that one dance, what do you think they want to do the rest of the time? They want to dance that same dance. They want to do the same dance all night long for every night of the rest of the class. Why do they want to do the same dance? Because it's the one they know. Brother Willie says it's because of the men. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, maybe so. It's the dance they know. We like to stick with what we know. This is why I never learned to play basketball. The first shot I ever learned was a granny shot. Shot from precisely right in front of the goal, exactly in front of the goal. I would do the granny shot, boom, and I could hit it. Every time, buddy, I can do granny shots better than your granny. My dad would come out and say, son, let's play basketball. Let me show you how to play basketball. I'd say, okay, dad, give me the ball. And I'd stand there and shoot my granny shot. Poosh, nothing but net. Dad would say, son, let me show you this. And dad, dad, of course, was a champion basketball player from way back at Woodburn when Woodburn had a school. He played basketball in work boots with the bottom held on with hog rings. I know this, I know this because every time I asked for a new pair of shoes, I had to hear about the work boots with the... Yeah, I, I don't understand the, the connection, but that's my dad. Played basketball for Woodburn in work boots. But dad would say, come on, son, do a hook shot. And then dad would, you know, do some amazing shot, a hook shot. Yeah, I'd say, no, thank you, dad. I'll just do my granny shot like this. Dad would say, let, let me show you a left-handed layup. And dad would come around around his back. Yeah, amazing. Dad would ricochet the ball off the house, boom, bounce it off the driveway, jump over the car, turn around, boom, dunk. Well, that's my dad. It would make me so mad that he would do that. I would sit down in the driveway and pout. Yeah. Which is why I never learned to play basketball. I would rather stick with what I know. To this day, if you challenge me, we're going to play a mean, mean game of granny shots. It's all I know. It's just what I know. And, and like you, I, t I tend to stick with tend to stick with what I know, but God's not like that. God is always calling you forward. You, you've been to the country line dance, and you know one dance, and you're doing the achy breaking. You've got to understand that God is a God who says, we are done now with the achy breaking. We are finished with that. I want to show you something new. I want to call you forward into a whole different way of living. Enough of the achy breaking. God says there's something new. Now we're all doing stanky leg or something like that. Uh, I was like, God, God does not want you to do the stanky leg, but do you get the point that, that I'm making here? 
God's always calling you forward. God is always, always doing something new. That's why in the scripture in the book of Isaiah, there's a rehearsal, a kind of a list of all the old things. God makes the list. It's God speaking. Makes the list of the old things. And then he has this amazing verse, this tremendous verse that just simply says, forget all that. Forget all that. That's God speaking. This is what the God of new things says. He says about the past, forget all that. Forget all that. What's he saying? I mean, surely God is telling us to forget all about the, the bad things in the past. And honestly, honestly, some of you really need to put the, the negative memories of the past behind you. You just got to forget all that. Some of you right now, you're a grown woman. You're a grown adult woman. But still, in your heart is this very broken, very scared little girl who still hears the voices from the past. You still hear that voice that says, you'll never be enough. You'll never be pretty enough. You'll never be skinny enough. You'll never amount to anything. You will never be anything. You're a grown woman, but still you hear that voice. You hear the voice from your past. Maybe it's your ex-wife, your ex-husband. You hear that voice tearing you down. And honestly, you need to forget that voice. You need to forget all that. You need to forget all that. Some of you sitting in this house today, some of you are sitting right here, and you are in the middle of the most miserable marriage ever. You never imagined it could be so unhappy. And you want to know what your problem is? I don't know you. We've never sat down. But I can tell you, that your problem is you don't know how to put the past behind you. If you're ever, ever going to make a go in marriage, you've got to be able to forgive, and you've got to be able to forget all that. Well, Brother Tim, I can't forget. I maybe can forgive, but I can't forget. I understand what you're saying. Forgetting is very, very difficult. But if you truly forgive, at least recognize that you can't be bringing it up every day. Do you understand? You may not be able to forget it. You're not going to get knocked in the head and get amnesia, but you don't have to bring it up all the time. Forget all that, the Scripture says. Forget it all. So your past is a mess. Forget all that. You've made mistakes. You're divorced or, or you're single, and you're concerned that you'll never, ever have anybody. You'll always be alone. God says forget all that. Forget all of the negative memories. Whatever people have done to you, whatever you've done to yourself, whatever pain, whatever problems, forget all that. Surely that's what God means when he says forget. I think so. But it's more than that. Did you notice when God is rehearsing the things to forget, actually he goes back and he's naming the very best days of their lives. When God makes the list, he says, I am the Lord, the Holy One. And then he begins to name all of the best moments of their lives. And honestly, when God says forget all that, he's not just talking about the bad things. He's talking about all of the past, even the good things, your good positive memories. And honestly, some of us have very positive memories of the past. My goodness, in high school, you had these enormous biceps and you had a 30-inch waist. Forget all that. <laughs> just forget it. In high school, you were a cheerleader. You were an amazing athlete. You were voted most likely to succeed and most photogenic. Forget all that. 
Just forget all that. I'm telling you, forget it. As parents, it's absolutely amazing to watch our children grow. And honestly, every single moment of your child's life, it just seems like it couldn't get any better. Is that not correct? Until they become teenagers? It's just this amazing feeling that every stage is so wonderful. And at every stage, you just want to freeze that moment and keep them there. Oh, when they're small and those little babies are so little and so beautiful and so, so absolutely perfect. If you could only freeze and keep them there, but you can't. When they're toddlers and those itty-bitty arms wrap around your neck and you get those itty-bitty hugs that are so amazing. Wouldn't you love to keep them there forever? Forget all that. Just forget all that. You can't live by memory. You cannot live by memory. We don't move forward by looking back. When it comes to the good things, when it comes to the bad things, God's word says forget all that. But, but it's even more than that. Understand what God says. When he makes his list, he says, I am the Lord, verse 16, who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. What's he talking about? The, the Exodus. I am the one who made a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. He drowned Pharaoh and all of his armies to, in order to set free the people of God. I did that, God says. And then God says, forget all that. God's talking about the very things he has done. Forget all that, he says. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Honestly, sometimes it's hard to see. It's hard for us to see that God could do something new because often in our lives it feels like nothing, nothing could ever bring us a new beginning. Sometimes because of the mess we've made of our lives or sometimes because of the, the burden and the weight of our sin or the burden and weight of our worries, we can't imagine that we would ever have the privilege, the gift of a new beginning. Sometimes our hearts are so broken, so absolutely shattered with grief Sometimes we become so very hopeless because all we do is fail and fail. And every time we get up, we, we fall and, and we fail again. It's hard to imagine that we could ever, ever see the gift of something new. But friends, this is what God offers. This is what God loves to do. This is what God does best. Something new. And he wants to do something new in your life. As a church, we celebrate what God is doing now in Franklin, and I, I praise God and I thank God, and I can't wait to see what God will do. But don't you understand, what he does in Franklin, what he does in our church, he can do for you. It is only God who can begin anything. It is only God who can give this new start. It is only God who can create something out of nothing. And that's why you have to put your faith in him. That's why you have to fall upon his promise that he is able and the only one able able to do something new in your life. Don't you see it? You won't see it if you're always looking back. You won't see it if you're always expecting that God's going to do again tomorrow 
what he did yesterday. He's going to be just as good tomorrow, but he's going to show you a whole new side to his goodness. He's going to come through for you. He's going to rescue you, but he's going to do it differently every single time and just leave you standing there to be amazed. That's what God does. And honestly, I love that he does it. He always comes through. He always blesses, but he might scare you to death in the process. Do you understand? He loves to surprise us. He loves to do new things. So you can't live out of memory. You have to live expectantly. Always expecting that God is going to make a new way for you. That God is going to repair your marriage. That God is going to hear your prayers. That God is going to take the mess, all the pieces of your life, and turn it into something brand new. You couldn't have even predicted it. But God promises it. Live expectantly, looking forward, always moving forward, knowing that with God... What is in the future is always infinitely better than what was in the past. I should be honest with you because God's word is honest with you. As you live expectantly, you should expect to go through deep waters. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't say if you go through deep waters. It says, say the word with me, verse 2, when. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. It doesn't say if you go through rivers of difficulty. It says when you go through rivers of difficulty. It doesn't say if you have to walk through the fire. It says when you walk through the fire. You should expect rivers of difficulty. You should expect at times to walk through fire of trials. You should at times expect to fall into floods of problems. That's what the scripture says. You can expect that. Don't be surprised by it. Don't act like something strange is happening. You should expect trouble in your life. But when I say live expectantly, even as you expect to go through the fire, what does the scripture say? You can expect to go through the fire. You can also expect not to be burned up. Did you hear that? Expect to go through the fire, but expect to come through without being burned up. You can expect to go through rivers of difficulty. You can also expect that you will never, ever drown. You may go under, but you will not drown. It's what God's Word says. You will go through deep waters, but you will never go through those waters alone. I will be with you, God says. I'm telling you. You will go through deep waters, but if you belong to God, you'll never go through those waters alone. You will go through fire, but the flames will never burn you up. You will go through rivers of difficulty. You may sink, but you will never, ever drown. That's what God's word says. You can always expect that God will come through for you, and God will come through with you. You are going to make it. You're going to come through, because God is going to do something new in your life. Can't you see it? Don't you understand? He's always doing something new. So don't cling to the past. Remember not the former things the scripture says. Forget all that. I'm doing something new. Something new. Can't you see it? So I grabbed the horoscope this morning because I just want to know. I want some idea of how something's going to turn out. I I know God's going to bless me, but I just need to know. How's it all going to end? How's it going to turn out for me? How's it going to turn out for us? 
Again, God's word is clear. Verse 7, I believe it says, I created you and I made you for my glory. I made you for my glory. That means God created you in such a way, he knits you together in a very special way so that no matter what happens in your life, others will look at your life and they will see something of what a great God God is. Do you understand that? They will look at you and what you come through and the way you come through it and there's something about your life. It's gonna point other people to God and they will see God's glory reflected in your life. That's why he created you. That's why he made you. And that's why he is not going to let you sink and drown. That's why he's not going to let the grief destroy you. That's why cancer and sickness and nothing in your life will ever have victory over what God is doing in your life. Always something new. Always something wonderful. Always something that will bring him glory. That's why you exist. That's why we're here. God made us for his glory. I can tell you this for certain. Past is past. I can tell you this for certain. God is at work to do something new in your life right now. If only you had eyes to see it. Listen to what he says. I am doing something new. Forget all the past. Something new in you. So do you want to know how it's going to turn out for you? Do you want to know what will happen if you put your life in the hands of the God, the only one who can give you a new beginning? Do you know what happens with the life that is lived before God and God is with you and God is always doing his new thing? Do you want to know how it turns out? It will always, always be glorious. Always. Glorious. Pray with me. God, the past we know. We know what you have done for us in, in days gone by. We know about our best days, our glory days, we know. We know about the pain of the past, Lord. It's always with us. We know about the words and the deeds that have destroyed us. We know. We know the past, Lord. So help us today to put it all away. Help us, Lord, to release the past and to learn to live not by memory but by expectancy. Oh, God, set our hearts on fire with hope. Hope in what you're going to do in this moment and in the moment to come. God, some in this house right now are going through the fire. God, help them to understand that the flames will never, ever destroy them. Oh, God, some in this house are washed away with a river of problems today. But, Lord Jesus, help them to see that even in that river of problems, you are working to do something new, something glorious, and you will never let them drown. Oh God, we understand that so many times we are led in very difficult places, but we are never left there alone. You're always with us, always in the midst of things with us, always doing something new, Lord Jesus. If truly you are the God, the only one who can call us into the future, if truly you are the only God who can do something new, then God, we bring ourselves before you today. And we ask you to do something new 
in our lives. We ask you, Lord, to do something new, something glorious. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen.